KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Before the pandemic, about 8 million students in the U.S. were considered chronically absent, meaning they missed 10% or more of the school year. According to the research group Attendance Works in the year 2022, that number doubled to 16 million. We're just seeing all kinds of students that never before were previously considered chronically absent not coming to school regularly. That's Erica Peterson. She is the National Education Manager for the organization School Innovation and Achievement. She says that by digging into why children aren't going to school, school districts can work with parents to try and find solutions. Many, many years people have said we need to change education. While the data is giving us this opportunity to maybe reimagine and reinvent, how do we best serve the needs of all students? I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In Depth, we talk about the importance of attendance in school, what school districts and parents can do to better attendance, and how we as a society can improve our current school systems. So, overall, the idea of chronic absenteeism, kids missing too much school in the U.S., how big a problem is this? It's massive. Matt, I would go as far as to say it's a crisis. It is the legacy of the disruption due to the pandemic where chronic absenteeism, and when we talk about chronic absenteeism, I just for a moment for listeners would like to just make sure everyone understands what that means. It's missing school for any reason for 10% or more of the school year or the days enrolled. And that said, when we look at pre-pandemic levels, we're seeing preliminary data for the last year or so anywhere double or triple in districts across the country of kids not coming to school. How much of this is a pandemic issue? Like, would you have used the word crisis if we were having this conversation in 2019? I think we certainly would use the words room for improvement, opportunities, an issue we need to tackle or address. But we are well above, elevated above pre-pandemic levels in terms of chronic absenteeism across the country. I mean, it's, this sounds like a very simple question, but when a kid misses that much school, what are the problems it presents? Kind of give us the context, kind of paint us the picture, because I think to a lot of people, they say, oh, 10 percent, you know, they're still there 90 percent of the time. But what and I'm not try, I'm not being tongue in cheek, like, but what what does it lead to? What are what are the problems not being there that much presents? Well, there's a lot of industry research on the topic. So as educators, some of the things that we know is that Chronic absenteeism, or excuse me, attendance is actually a key performance indicator for student outcomes across all metrics, meaning attainment, moving from one grade to another, reading acquisition, and ultimately graduation, right? When we think about kids moving through the educational system, it's the greatest predictor of student success is student attendance. And I think it's probably not a leap. But let's just really go there, which is if kids aren't there, if kids aren't in class, they're obviously not learning. And so when we're talking about these huge swaths, double, triple the kids who are chronically absent, not in school, these are kids who by the end of the school year have missed at least a month, if not more months of school. And over the lifetime of their educational career, if they started in kindergarten through 12th grade, they're going to lose an entire year of, of schooling if that pattern persists. And in the early grades, this is particularly profound because that's when early skill development happens in terms of learning to read, which is then that great predictor, usually around third, fourth grade. 
is considered a cut point, if you will, in terms of being able then to use that skill to read to learn. This is profoundly devastating for our, our youngest learners in the educational system right now. So this becomes a crisis as a result of the pandemic. And do we have an understanding of the why? Like, did people just get disconnected during that, you know, 2020 to early 2021 time? Can everything kind of be traced back to like that kind of disconnect? And maybe in some places, some households, it just seemed like school became less important because we kind of were without it for a while. Like what is there? Do we have an idea of the why here? Well, that's a great question. And I wish there was a single answer to the why. It's multifactorial. I think some of the things that we might have said pre-pandemic is that maybe schools have an opportunity to serve all students, but maybe they serve some students not as well as others. Well, those disparities and those gaps just widen. And then exactly what you said, unfortunately, sort of, are we open? Are we closed? What are the guidelines? A lot of sort of the things that we saw in the political landscape around the pandemic played out on the playground because they are the front lines in terms of getting kids in school and creating that sense of normalcy. And so I think a lot of parents then started showing dissatisfaction and sometimes distrust, right? We got all kinds of different times during the pandemic of how to proceed. And so I think a lot of those things that we're seeing are really just what played out during the pandemic we're now seeing play out across schools, unfortunately. You mentioned like how critical attendance is across the board, but especially those younger years. When it comes to the chronic absenteeism, does it cut across all grades? Do we see it everywhere? Yeah. So if we remember back maybe to when we were in school, we all learned about the bell curve and that bell curve had that kind of peak um, at the top. Let's flip that on its head where it's kind of a U, if you will. That's what we're really seeing. So we're seeing elevated levels of chronic absenteeism across all levels, but it's particularly profound in our earliest grades as well as our secondary or high school grades, where those students that are maybe a little older can absolutely make the decision as to whether or not they want to come to school. And if we think about our 12th graders right now, their last year of true normalcy was eighth grade. So that connection that you have, and so many of us, right, I, I still talk to friends from high school, and I've long since high school, but those kiddos never got to make those connections. And so coming to school just doesn't seem like a priority. They don't feel connected to their school. So to answer your question, yeah, we're seeing that elevated levels across all grade levels. We are seeing some of the highest levels across um, specific, like our black and brown students, students of color. And so again, it's this ex exacerbation. Those were actually fairly similar trends pre-pandemic. They're just now amplified two and threefold. And that's where we're now going to see the devastating consequences of that amplification. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with experts in multiple fields and when they come back, when you talk about the effect of the pandemic, almost every conversation can be distilled down to it just accelerated trends that were already in place. And it seems like the exact same thing here. Yeah. But when we talk about the legacy effect of chronic absenteeism, and I talked about, you know, not being able to read, et cetera, let's carry that through the lifespan of a, of a child to then become an adult. And what can they contribute to their community as a citizen? So we know that kids that 
don't finish high school, et cetera, have lower lifetime income earnings, right? Have higher host of associated negative outcomes. So we're going to see that then again amplified then across some communities. And I think this is the type of conversation where it is easy to, you know, tisk tisk the school districts and tisk tisk the parents and this is really I'm sure there are some like I said we're playing painting with a broad brush during this conversation. There are some families and school districts that aren't doing the things that they should be. But this is a societal thing. We need help from a policy standpoint to help a lot of these parents or, you know, guardians or maybe, you know, single income families trying to raise multiple kids. Like we need to give people more help that would probably help address this as well. No, certainly, because we know societally that the pandemic had very profound effects and marked many communities in terms of job loss, right? All kinds of things. And so as we talk about what the community needs are to get kids back into school, it's going to take a community effort. So you're absolutely right. I think that families and parents, there is no, again, just like why this is happening, it's not one answer. How we solve it, it's going to take a multiple approach. Looking at do students have basic needs met, right? If we think of like Maslow and the hierarchy of needs of Maslow, right? And then, okay, if that's addressed, then what do they need from safety and security standpoint, right? And so there's a lot of things that we have to look at when we talk about solutions, and that's going to vary by community. Is it more of a problem where children miss Monday this week, they're out Wednesday, Friday next week, maybe they're in the full week, then they're out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the week after that? Or is it like after spring break, these kids just kind of drift away, like, Or once again, is it kind of a little bit of of everything? So what we've seen is that basic school-going habits have been dismantled. We've forgotten how to sit and listen and go to school. And so there were students pre-pandemic who were chronically absent, and maybe they had deeply profound missing lots of school. Those students are still chronically absent. But now, of course, to get to these kinds of numbers, we're talking about all kids missing some school. And certainly schools do know the day before spring break, the day after spring break, that those are high absence days. The day after Halloween, for that fact, is a high absence day. And that's still true. But we're just seeing all kinds of students that never before were previously considered chronically absent not coming to school regularly. We need to take a break. We will have more with Erica Peterson right after this. This is KYW News Radio In-Depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio In-Depth, continuing our conversation with Erica Peterson, National Education Manager for School Innovations and Achievement. You talked about, you know, the 12th graders and how basically their whole high school experience, like, has been affected by the pandemic. Like, past, like, absenteeism, do we have kind of a whole generation here that is going to just have a completely different feel for what school is because of what you talked about? I think so. I think families have tried as best they can to adapt to the learning conditions and what was available to them the last three to four years. And because of that, that's changing perception for for those students in terms of the importance of education. And we're launching all of these young people, you know, graduations are happening or have just happened for many schools. 
and uh, their perception of the importance of school may not be the same perception that you and I have. So we consider this a, a generational bubble for sure. Do you have more of a concern about the loss of educational levels for these children or the loss of social development? Absolutely. I mean, part of school is socialization and learning uh, social norms. And we know there are record levels of mental health issues and challenges across schools. And I can't think that that's unrelated. It's not. Again, prior to the pandemic, we are seeing levels of self-harm, disruption, discipline incidences are on an all-time high. Kids don't know how to go to school. On a micro level, are there things, parents, districts, towns, communities, steps they can take to try to address this? Because I would think we can talk about all the profound things we'd like to see, you know, from a legislature or the White House or whatever, but this seems to be a problem that can be best addressed boots on the ground within a town, within a district, within a home. Absolutely. So we have, uh, communities have the tools that they need to address this. And one is really, really focusing on and coming together in terms of looking at the culture that's created and the importance of going to school. So creating a culture of showing up is paramount. And that has to happen at all levels. Districts doing positive engagement and outreach, inviting parents in, eliciting responses, feedback. Tell us your why. What, what are the barriers that you're facing in getting your child to school? It's an opportunity for school districts to engage with families in maybe ways that they haven't before. It's also an opportunity for families and parents to have that reciprocal conversation around what their needs are. Maybe the traditional learning environment, maybe exploring hybrid. Many districts across the country have homeschool, have remote learning options, and just trying to find the right placement to meet students where they're at. This is an actual opportunity. You know, so often, and this was even before, when we look at things like the Every Student Succeeds Act and ESSER, right, in terms of how we operate education in this country. Many, many years, people have said, we need to change education. Well, the data is giving us this opportunity to maybe reimagine and reinvent. How do we best serve the needs of all students? And so that's really the thing that I think if we can rally communities locally around that to find that answer for them and what serves their community, that's where we actually have opportunity to turn this into a potential positive. Do you feel like when it comes to districts and people you talk to in education, is there kind of universal agreement that we're at a crisis level? Like, does everybody get it that this, how bad this thing is? I think so. But I also have to say that Attendance doesn't shout, right? Grades, graduation rates, like those are publicly available across all communities, all schools, everywhere. But it's not the issue that necessarily is shouting in the room. So it's easy to also, I'll get to it when I can. You know, educators are have so many things that they're grappling with right now. Staffing, right? We know in our communities that many uh, industries have shortages of labor. So finding qualified teachers are so many other things that are shouting also at the same time that sometimes this issue is being drowned out. But it is the, the foundational piece. If kids aren't in school, and I said it earlier on our in our conversation, they can't learn. So it really needs to be a top of mind priority. Is there a conversation to be had when we're looking at this big problem that maybe the changing the school day might make it easier 
for, for families to make sure kids get to school? There have actually been a number of districts that have piloted some of those initiatives, Matt. So in California, there is legislation that's been approved to change school start times at the secondary level with later start times for high school students. And those are things that are, are scaling in now because, again, they are approved legislation. The challenge with that specific issue uh, where I have concern is you have working parents. So getting kids to school, schools not being open before working hours, you're talking about something then that has this really ripple effect in terms of how we operate. Could actually make it worse, you could probably argue. Uh, you'd create potentially more challenges for families getting students to school. So while it's great that districts are trying these things, we've also I've also seen out of Texas four-day school weeks, but again, what happens on that day when your your fifth grader's home? Nobody wants to leave that child alone. See, this is the thing about school and why we need to really focus on the culture around the importance of showing up it to school every day. School is that touchstone for most families in terms of providing safety, security, as well as education and, and social skills to our children. And so schools provide a valuable service to communities and so, yeah, it's easy to jump on the wagon of schools did this or that wrong. But honestly, without schools, we can't function and operate as a society. And so that's why attendance is so critically important. Are you confident that this is a hill we can climb? Like you talked about, there are so many other things in the room shouting for attention. And, you know, schools don't get more funding from the state because of you know, attendance levels. It's because, as you mentioned, it's test scores. It's, you know, stuff like that. Are you confident that this we can get this done? I think so. Absolutely. We've seen progress and we've had some remarkable results. I've worked with school districts directly that have made this a priority, implemented programs. So it's a top of mind, right? Top three in terms of leadership and what they're focused on. And so there's, again, when we speak to opportunity as a community, as, as schools, there's an opportunity to make this the priority and focus districts that focus on attendance, put systems and processes in place to get to exactly what you asked me about, which is the why, and have a uniform and consistent process to engage positively with families, are starting to see greater gains than districts that are not. And that's an exciting opportunity. And really looking at how do we get to that why? We can't solve for every why sometimes. But having those systems and processes in place to build that family engagement and home to school communication is a critical thing. And when we see districts that implement that, where they're reaching out, leadership's talking about, we want you here. Sending out those positive messages around, hey, we noticed that Johnny or little Susie, their attendance is improving. Great job. Those are making long gains. And as parents, we feel like we've maybe been through the grinder the last few years, right? Trying to juggle work and and then kids and the remote reality that we had a few years ago, those attaboys and attagirls go a long way. So there's a lot of things that we can do that aren't large scale, but looking in, and prioritizing attendance management, positive communication and focusing on, on school and home engagement are places where we're seeing the needle move. In certain situations, when it comes to kids that struggle coming to school consistently, maybe for reasons beyond their control when it comes to parents working, stuff like that. Could virtual schooling maybe help address that? And like I said, this is not overall, but in certain districts, once again, where they know the kids and they know the situations, could could it help, you think? Maybe. 
I'm going to give a qualified maybe because there's preliminary data. I can't give you really citations of good data yet, but we preliminarily that hybrid model where students are remote, we're still seeing high levels of absenteeism. It's just too easy to be camera off and playing Xbox or whatever. So certainly for some students, that's a great option. And for maybe students, especially, you know, we were talking earlier a little bit about the implications of mental health and things like that. So for students that maybe that could fulfill a need for to provide them an alternative education option in a remote environment because they, they maybe don't do well in a, a in-person setting, certainly. But it is not the panacea. And I would absolutely say exactly what you said, which is then you need to know your families, know your students. Again, I go, I'm going back to my engagement thing, if you can't tell, is really making sure that we're communicating and getting to the why. So a lot of this conversation has been kind of the 30,000-foot view. But when it comes down to districts and ideas, have you seen things work? Like, are there places, are there certain certain policies that have been put in place that have moved the needle getting kids back to school consistently? Yeah, I have actually. You know, we've it's been fun because we have all, again, sort of had some of this heavy stuff with the pandemic and coming out post-pandemic that it's fun to celebrate the successes. And so we've had a number of districts that share with us, and especially leading with that family engagement piece, positive communication, really connecting with culturally relevant messaging and supporting districts. We've had districts that I've seen where they're doing campaigns, targeting those early learners, K-3 campaign, talking about why it's important, educating parents. If you're a parent of a kindergartner, this might be your first experience in a district as an actual beyond being a student yourself when you were in school. And so we've seen districts where they're implementing positive messaging campaigns, talking of educating parents on the importance of showing up. Some of those things that we talked about, the early skill acquisition, and this is why we want your child here. We know your child's going to be successful. Here's the things you can do to set them up for success and giving parents tips and tricks to try to help um, them navigate and learn the expectations of coming to school and build those habits within their students. We've seen great success. So I have a lot of districts in um, California specifically where we have seen reductions in chronic absenteeism 10% year over year by implementing this positive communication strategy, reaching out to parents, talking about why it's important and educating them versus what often most districts do, which is the punitive, the legalese. If you don't come to school, we're sanctioning you this way or that way. And so we've seen some really powerful effects when districts implement positive communications and outreach in terms of, and it and it, rep, it ripples because we have districts where they've re- the kiddos received a postcard great job keep it up and then they show their friends and their friends going how do i get that right and that's the power of when we focus on the relationship and positive communications and supporting our families and getting their kids to school every day that's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.